Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Now, the UK economy is at the heart of our discussion today after Finance Minister Jeremy Hunt last week unveiled a budget plan to save £55 billion a year to fix the country's public finances. Now, with almost half of the budget tightening or belt tightening due to come from tax hikes, to what extent can households withstand such measures as surging inflation continues to erode incomes? Well, back in Asia, Japan saw core inflation come in at the highest level in 40 years. What would this mean for markets with the Bank of Japan Governor Haruhiko Kuroda standing firm on the country's ultra-loose monetary policy? Well, for more, let's speak to Craig Earlham, Senior Market Analyst, UK and EMEA at Oenda. Hi, Craig, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Uh, great to have you on the show. As always, Craig, I want to start with the UK where you're in right now. Uh, UK's Finance Minister, Jeremy Hunt, he has raised taxes on higher earners and energy to save some £55 billion a year. To what extent do you think the measures were within expectations? Anything stood up to you? Um, I mean, I think it was always going to be difficult when you're doing a fiscal tightening of that kind it's always mm. going to be damaging it's not it just simply can't be the case that a, com- that a country has 55 billion of excess spending that's easy to trim back especially when we've already gone an era of austerity like we did in the 2010s so it was always going to be difficult and i think the way in which he's done it is always going to be controversial there's always going to be a lot of criticism leveled towards certain decisions that have been made for example with regard to things like r&d investment has been criticism mm. i've seen this morning a lot of the measures he's taken i think the fact that he's gone for a balance of tax hikes and spending cuts is also interesting because that's not what we saw in the 2010s it was very much purely focused on spending cuts he has targeted to sort of to a large extent some of the higher earners but then the other way he's uh, he's done this is effectively by stealth which is mm. by not moving the bands at which taxes are paid when inflation is rising and therefore people's wages are rising they're moving into higher tax brackets and they're doing so earlier than they should according to inflation so people it may not be as obvious to people as it is by imposing, for example an extra five percent tax so the way he's done that may Mm. erode some of the controversy around them in terms of how people how poor people feel mm. but because of inflation it's undoubtedly going to have an impact and we are going to see household spending uh, dry up Right, and Hans' budget involved lowering the threshold for the highest rate of income taxes. It has been lowered to £125,000 and they have to pay 45% tax rate so to what extent do you think households can withstand this? Well, I think from that perspective, I think this was a very interesting policy move. It's not very conservative in terms of uh, targeting the higher earners and in doing it in such an, a clear and obvious way. But what it does do is it does work well politically because the vast majority of people in this country simply don't earn 125 or £150,000. Right. So the vast majority of people in this country are not going to be impacted by this particular tax hike. So it works politically, but it shouldn't have too detrimental an impact really in, on spending just simply because the higher up you go up the kind of wage distribution list the mm. lower proportion uh, of your income is actually uh, spent in a way that is supportive of the economy so i think this was a very interesting move uh, by the chancellor and very much it goes against what the his predecessor planned which was to abolish that tax fund altogether um which would have 
put more money in the pocket of, of some of the wealthiest people. So I think that was a very interesting move, and I don't think the economic impact will be overly detrimental. But that being said, the Office for Budget Responsibility said household disposable incomes would fall by 4.3% in the current financial year, 2.8% in the year after. That's the sharpest decline on record. Uh, how concerning is this then, given how, what you've mentioned about how the taxes is targeted at only the highest earners and not expected to have a major impact on the economy? So that particular tax hike, the, the, 45, the 45% rate uh, hike, that is, is likely to be targeted more at the uh, higher wage earners. But it, more middle class and uh, working class people are going to be impacted as a result of the tax bans not moving. So when mm. they see higher inflation, they see slightly higher wages, that is going to have a detrimental impact because their real terms income and the real terms disposable income is still going to be negatively impacted in that way. So that is going to have a huge impact on uh, households' ability to ultimately spend and continue uh, to support the economy. Uh, and I think the other thing that's always going to be notable with something like this is because this is such a unique situation, well, inflation at this, at this moment in time is around 11%, which is much higher than uh, wages are rising. It's also most acute in areas where people don't have a choice whether to spend. So we're the places where we're seeing the highest levels of inflation right now is things like household energy bills, uh, gas prices or fuel uh, prices uh, mm. to fill your car, and also food prices. These are essential goods and items that people can't easily pare back their spending on, whereas areas of more discretion, it, it, we're not seeing quite the same levels of inflation. So therefore, it could actually the impact on household uh, budgets could be even more severe than the headline inflation number suggests. So I do think we are going to see a considerable squeeze in household spending now over the course of the next 12 months. Speaking about inflation and also the prospects of economic declines, uh, Jeremy Hunt said that the UK economy is already in a recession right now, set to string next year. Inflation set to come in at 9.1% on average this year, 7.4% next year. What are your thoughts on this? Well, the economy contracted in the third quarter, so it looks highly likely now that the economy is in recession. That's the government, the OBR, and also the Bank of England have now accepted that, so that seems pretty much set in stone at this point. It seems highly unlikely that that won't be the case. Um, and it, I don't want to come as a surprise to anyone who's been following the economic data, been looking at the household spending figures, for example, the retail sales data. That's not likely to become much easier next year, as you mm. say. Not only now next year, we're still going to have high levels of inflation, but we're also expected to see unemployment start to tick a little bit higher because of all these interest rate hikes. We're mm. likely to see those rate hikes start to have a more detrimental impact as well because as people remortgage they are going to see their disposable incomes shrink quite dramatically because of the movements that we've seen in interest rates as well mm, over the course of this year. Right. So this is all going to have a very detrimental impact in the short to medium term. Now if you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Craig Erlen, Senior Market Analyst, UK and EMEA at Oenda. Well Craig, let's look at what's happening in Asia. Japan's core inflation came in at the highest level in 40 years, but for how long do we have to wait before wages rise by 3%, which you know the BOJ says is needed before they start taming inflation? I think the most important thing that we have to acknowledge with regards to Japan is how much of the low inflation is now structural. It's been, mm. we're talking decades since we've seen higher levels of inflation. And that's why it's still not translating really through into wage growth. Now, the shock that we've seen on the global supply stage, but also now in terms of energy prices, could start to lead to more wage demands, especially given that Japan does have extremely low levels of unemployment and um, uh, and uh, slack in the labour market. But at the same time, it will take a fundamental shift um, from businesses and also from uh, employees in order to demand those higher wages before we start to see that structural 
uh, improvement uh, on, on that side. So yeah, we could still be waiting some time. Like I say, it's just for me, it's more a question of will the Bank of Japan change its view on that in terms of uh, demanding 3% wage growth rather than will way that wage growth be achieved because I just think that such a structural shift that's been embedded for such a long time within the economy is very difficult to overcome. Hmm. Well, um, Craig, I'm just going to pose you this uh, impromptu question. I just saw this, in fact, a couple of minutes ago. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway had boosted its stake by more than 1% in a number of Japanese firms, including Mitsubishi and Sumitomo. Any guess as to why this might be the case? It's difficult to say. I mean... Try, I, I would love to exist in the mind of Warren Buffett for a day uh, because, obviously, of, of who, who he is and his experience. Same um, here. I'm sure there's uh, plenty of rationale mm. behind this. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't think we can ignore the weakness of the yen. That's mm. always going to make Japanese uh, companies more attractive. We see it to an extent in the UK as well with regards to American investors. The American investors are going to be looking at the UK right now because the pound did briefly slip to the weakest ever against the US dollar and thinking there's now values we have there purely from a currency perspective. I'm sure Warren Buffett's looking at Japan and saying there's some fantastic companies mm. there. This is still um, one of the world's largest economies. And also you factor in the, the weakness of the yen that isn't going to last forever. It's not going to be sustainable. We are going to see that correct itself mm. over time and thinking that presents additional values. So therefore the opportunity uh, to invest is now. Right. So where do you foresee the yen to go in the meantime? I, th- I still think the yen is um, fundamentally going to remain under pressure just simply because we are still seeing rate hikes in the US and we're not seeing any shift from the Bank of Japan. But where I, don't, I think the worst of the declines to some extent is behind, simply because I think the dollar uh, is is starting to give back some of those gains. And the reason is because we are nearing the point where we are going to see the Fed stop raising interest rates. And once we, once we get to that stage, then it's going to be a factor of, is there going to be a recession? When is the recession coming? How bad is it going to be? And when will the Fed therefore start cutting interest rates again? And all of a sudden, you start to see a parallel between what the US Federal Reserve is doing and what the Bank of Japan is doing, which allows for the currencies to correct a large part of this mm. move. One of the reasons why the, the dollars move so high against the yen is because there's been uncertainty about where the terminal or where the peak of interest rate is going to be because inflation hasn't started coming down. That process has started. So while the yen could remain weaker against the US dollar in the short term, I think over to, over time, over 6, 12, 18 months, we could potentially start to see that correct once more, once the uh, that differential between the US interest rates and Japanese interest rates uh, pauses and then starts mm. to erode. Well, um, Craig, I really want to pose you this question, but I only have about 30 seconds left, so I want to wrap up by talking about the safe haven gold. Earlier this week, we were talking about a spectacular rebound for gold, but there seems to be some moderation now. Uh, where do you foresee gold futures to go over the next couple of weeks? I still think gold could uh, do quite well uh, over the short to medium term, weeks, few months, uh, simply because I do think we are going to see support for the dollar start to wane as we move towards the end of uh, uh, of the rate hiking cycle. And I think once that point happens and we start to move into this kind of recessionary period, then I think the safe haven element of gold is going to be something that's going to continue to support it. So I, I, think, I think the medium term outlook for gold is uh, still pretty good. Right. Thanks a lot, Craig. Always a pleasure chatting. That was Craig Earlham, Senior Market Analyst, UK and EMEA at Oenda. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.